Hello, and welcome to Bryce and Ren 3 Direct-to-Video. Today we'll be discussing the hit Disney tune, I don't know about hit, but the Disney tune <laughs> sequel film Pocahontas 2, because we all needed another one. Uh, we're also going to talk some Love Island and uh, maybe the rehearsal. Ren, did you watch the rehearsal yet? I did, it was an amazing episode. Okay, we have great, to talk about it. great. So we'll talk about uh, that as well here on the podcast today. Um, and my name is Bryce Henderson. I'm one of the co-hosts of this podcast. And with me, as always, to talk uh, some summer vibes is one Renan Fontes. Ren, how's it going? Bryce, it's going well. And uh, it's actually funny that you say that, uh, you know, you were, you were commented on Pocahontas 2's quality. Yeah. Uh, you know, on TV tropes, mm-hmm. under, under the, uh, the trope audience alienating premise, it, they yeah. write... <laughs> This movie is often considered one of the less bad Disney sequels. A few even consider it better than the original. Oh. I'd like to meet those people. I think they have, they have an interesting worldview. You know, maybe they, like, see colors we haven't perceived yet or something. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Ren, um, Pocahontas in London was not on my bingo card. <laughs> They didn't even do, like, fun London things. She didn't even, like, uh, hang out with the queen or look at one of the guards who doesn't move. What do you mean? We got one the... of the big buses. We got the classic London song. All about what it's like to be in London. But then, wait, who's that in the tree? It's Pocahontas. I, lo- I love how <laughs> there are, like, I love how there are six songs and, like, four of them are just, like, the people of London. Yeah. Were there six songs? They're like five or six. Yeah, um, I think one of them's a reprise. Yeah, I was, I was. The song would start, and I would. That was my bathroom break time. Like so. the last half hour, I feel like everything just kind of hazed together for me. I couldn't keep up anymore, mm-hmm. interest wise. Yeah, yeah. It was once, once she went to the ball, and then, uh, once I. So, I don't want to like, but let's let's just jump straight to the freaking climax here, Ren. Yeah. So once the uh the Joker's goons yeah. came in. <laughs> It started causing mischief at the ball. Yeah. Trust no one. And then Pocahontas stands up for the bear that's getting prodded for entertainment. Yes, bear baiting. Yep. Yeah. Um, so when I first saw it, I, saw, I thought it was beating. And I'm pretty sure, is it John who says, like, who doesn't like a good bear beating? Um, and I was like, what? And Jenna was like, oh, it's not beating, it's baiting. And I'm like, oh. And then I was like, wait a second. That's still problematic. A poor bear. It's cool. You know, you get the bear, you bait him for a bit, and then you, like, uh, you can toss him a mackerel or something. They eat, they eat that, right? Yeah. 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 Fet- fetch some fish, toss a mac. Oh, but, yeah. like, Radcliffe gets the bear there mm-hmm. to uh, humiliate Pocahontas for having empathy for an uh, animal. Oh, my gosh. What an outsider. Who does she think she is? Send the armada. What a uh, empty threat! I don't even know what that means. The arm—he has the whole force of the king's armada behind him. Yeah, yeah. He's like, send the armada, but it, like they toss it around so much that it's like, it's like in modern day terms, it's kind of like, it's like, eh, like I'll, I'll send the nuke, and then it's like, no, please don't send the nuke, and they're like, okay, we won't send the nuke. Uh, maybe I'll send the nuke. All right, I'm gonna yeah. send the nuke. The Armada like, was like was those four guys that they fight on the ship at the end of the movie. Yeah. That's the whole Armada. <laughs> yeah, I was excited. You know, I like boats on the water. 
that's a that's a real vibe for me right now. Um, but this climax was well, not the climax, but the I would say like the the fight scene. You know, I wish that the whole ship had gone down with all of them on it. At this Disney tune is so low energy. Whenever they have to do anything, they like their default is okay. You know, everyone's tired. You know, maybe throw in a little improv. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I, I also noticed something. This this movie yeah. kind of like I finally saw the pattern, or I realized why this pattern is happening. Mm-hmm. So these Disney Tune movies, they dedicate a lot of screen time to like the sidekick characters. Yep. Like. It's so much so that it feels wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like how much time the book and the page got in uh, Beauty and the Beast. Yes. And, like that happens here with like Pocahontas's like little animals. Mm-hmm. And I ask myself, why do these movies keep doing this? And it's because they probably can't afford the main actors for more than like a few scenes. Oh yeah. And they're like, oh, we got to fill some time. That's a good call. Yeah. We got to fill some time. We can't have, um, I wrote down the guy's name, that, but his voice pops up again, and he's just making bank on Disney. Um, Billy Zane? It? No, not Billy Zane. Jim what Cummings? Is, uh, Jim Cummings, yep, that's yeah, exactly who gay. it is. Yeah, he's making the Disney cash. Yeah, making that Disney money. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's exactly, it's like, they can only have him say so many things to fill time. So that's a great a great call. Yep. So we'll just have the little sidekicks and things that don't talk take up some screen time. There are like so. five different like animal shenanigan sequences in this movie. Yeah, yeah. At one point, the bird destroys a painting, and I was upset about that. You were upset that the bird destroyed a painting? Yeah, it's like a nice painting. Pocahontas doesn't have money to pay for that. Maybe that's like the point. Maybe the bird knew the artist was exploiting others or something. Maybe. You know those people who go, like, to, who, like, throw paint at the Mona Lisa for climate change statements? Yes. Does that happen, like, on the daily now? Yeah, like, all the time. Yeah. Everyone's throwing blood on everything. Yeah, that feels far away. Is there anything more local that we can, like, toss? What? What what do you throw? Like, blood? Water? Let's do do blood. Okay. What do you want to throw blood on? Um. What's, like, something cool in Massachusetts we can throw blood on? (laughs) Let's um any like good statues good i'm gonna google what about the the um bean town not boston but you know what i'm talking about jordan's furniture uh, jordan's furniture yeah yeah you want to just go there yeah well have you seen the commercial have you seen the ads where he talks about bridget no i don't know who bridget is so he elliot you know elliot that's that was his brother right no that's that's him that's jordan him? was his brother Oh, okay. Elliot's the guy that says butt kickers. You following me? Uh, I know Zoot Suit Riot, the theme yeah. song for There iPads. you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is where we lose people, Red. I mean, like, not, not that we have anyone who's, like, tuning in and they're like, okay, Pocahontas to Love Island and the <laughs> rehearsal. I'm saying for this. But then we start, you know, talking real local. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, let's go to Bean Town, the uh, Zoot Suit Riot that always plays before the journey yeah. furniture IMAX. Yeah, you and I get it, but you know, <laughs> poor Jacob. Yeah, he's like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> yeah, is that trapeze cool still there? I bet it is. Yeah. yeah, I love that place. I love IMAX. <laughs> yeah, what do you do with an education at trapeze school? 
I guess you, you know, you teach others to become uh, trapeze teachers. Yeah. So it's like a pyramid scheme. <laughs> what, so, like, the more teachers under you, the more of their, like, commission you get? Yeah. So now it's a pyramid screen. Yeah, because you become, you take, you take lessons so you can become a teacher. And when you're a teacher, people will pay you to take lessons. So, yeah. But at the end of the day, it's for nothing, right? The money just keeps going up and up. Well, you have to keep paying to keep teaching. Have to keep paying. Like um, every yeah. every dollar you make from the uh, trapeze school has mm. to go back in to the trapeze. School. Yeah, you have to pay your dues to the trapeze school. Yeah, um, yeah, I knew something was always shifty about that trapeze school, and I think you helped me figure out what it was. So, Ren, did you like Pocahontas too? Did I like Pocahontas too? Yeah, I feel like "like" is such a strong word. Mm -hmm. Uh, no, no, I didn't like it. Yeah, I think it was a. Uh, it's interesting to me because, mm -hmm. like, on one hand, you can kind of tell they want to be like a more mature, slow, introspective movie because there's all there are all these like long shots where yeah. like nothing's happening. And her songs, pretty much like all of Pocahontas' songs. And, like in a better movie, sure that work, mm -hmm. but like here, like half of the movie is also like little animals doing slapstick <laughs> so you get like half of it being really boring and half of it being really irritating mm -hmm. yeah did you like it mm. i watched it in four sittings across a week <laughs> so. Ex explain the four sittings and where you broke for each one um okay well so i started to watch it last week when i remembered that we weren't talking and then i remembered that we weren't talking about it so i watched like 15 minutes uh, I stopped when they were getting on the boat. Okay, they were getting on the boat to go to London. Mm -hmm. um, and I was already confused at that point. What happened to the old John? Who is this new John? Are they... Who does Pocahontas love? Also, like, uh, you know, is this a PETA versus um, the other guy situation? Gale? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, Hunger Games. Yeah. Hanger. Peta, Gale. Are you are you Team John Rolf or Team John Smith? Yeah, I don't know. Uh <laughs> they're like they're both vanilla, they're both plain. You know, she snogs one uh at the end. So I guess that that's who the winner is. Yeah, she John Rolf is the guy she mar he marries she marries in real life. Wait, what? She married Pocahontas marries John Rolf John Rolf in real life. So that's probably why they did this. Is they were like, yes, that oh, is why they that all is all the why complaints we got about the first one being so historically inaccurate. No, 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 we'll fix this up. Let's fix this one thing. Jesus, like, who who wanted this? Mm -hmm. Who like this isn't for the fans of the original Pocahontas. Mm -mm. The fans of the original Pocahontas they already like John Smith. They like that movie. Yeah, exactly. Like, the people who dislike. Pocahontas, introducing real-life John Rolfe, the <laughs> man she, like, married, and that was it for mm -hmm. him. That's not gonna, like, win anyone over. Yeah. Well, especially because, like, their love story that we see in this is definitely not what the love story... I'm not even gonna use the word love uh, <laughs> for what it was in real life. I can only imagine. Um, because, like, in this, it's like, yeah, she comes to London with them, and he teaches her how to dance and how to be proper. Um, she teaches him about, I don't know, but 
Right? Yeah, he like that's the thing. Like, she doesn't learn movie, anything. She like gets to know John Smith, and they have yeah. like, you know, chemistry. Magic teaches them each other's language. Yep. But like in this one, John Rolfe is like around, introduces Pocahontas to his, you know, grandma maid, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then they uh fight some clowns at at the ball. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Ren, do you got any, like, trivia or facts for this one? Not a lot, but I do have some. Okay, what do you got? And by some, I mean two. Yeah. Mm-mm. Most of the bear sounds are real. <laughs> but one loud sound during the bear baiting sequence was actually an elephant, which is what you just heard right now. Is there an, an elephant live in the audience right now, Ren? They must have had, like, an elephant live in the studio that I took from the movie and into my home. Yeah, do you, is it the same elephant uh, that did the sound effects for the DuckTales movie? Were there elephants in the DuckTales Yeah, that was the bit, first big wish is... Uh, oh, right! La- Laffy, Daffy, and Taffy vote. Yeah, that's, that's uh, they the wish, same guy. Yeah, wish for the elephant to be in there. He's he's so. Union, so he does like all the yeah. Disney elephant stuff. Yeah, and then don't they have to wish it away, and that counts as like a second wish? But we stopped counting wishes halfway through that movie. Yeah. yeah, and he also, his, whatever sentience he had is erased. Okay, yes. Yep, that's right. So, so uh, here's, my, here's my second. Yeah, what's the other one? Uh, Mel Gibson's younger yes. brother, Donal, replaced him as the voice of John Smith for the sequel due to Mel having scheduling conflicts. Yeah, I wouldn't make time in my schedule for this. I'd send my son. <laughs> I would send Lily. Be like, Lily, go Probably. be my voice. Yeah, for this. Yeah, if if there was a straight... A, Pitch, a, uh, huh? A what? There was a uh, what? I was I was gonna say, if there was a, a straight to... I don't... Uh, like, a straight to podcast podcast sequel uh, of this, I wouldn't go. Like, if you were like, hey, do you want to do a sequel to this this podcast right now? I'd be like, no, I'll send Lily. Yeah, that's that's smart. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't fit into my schedule. So, yeah, Don. So Donald Gibson, right? Named after the duck. Yeah, uh, Donald s- Duck. Yeah, son of Mel voices John Smith. Brother um, of Mel. Yeah. Um, what else? Pocahontas's big thing in this is like, at the beginning, we kind of lose sight of it. It kind of you know gets real blurry as the movie goes on. But at first, it's all about she wants to prove that women can handle diplomacy. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, word to word, it's that. Which is, um, you know, great that Disney's being so upfront, but also, like, and for me, it's the use of the word diplomacy that has me a little bit lost here. Do you think the kids at home are following? No. No. They're like, what does she want? What's up with her? Um... When they arrived in London, do you think it was weird that no one was there? They uh, they did a song later, so everyone was just like in pos- backstage. Yeah, yeah, that's how it played out. Like <laughs> sh- they show up to London, and she's like, "Oh, this is London. The streets are empty," and then the song starts, and they all start waking up and coming out as if like the sun just broke. But it's nope, sun's been maybe out. maybe this is like the morning after a Jack the Ripper sighting. <laughs> They're and, like, hiding. everyone's like, don't go out until the sun's up. Yeah. And, like, Pocahontas gets there just as the sun has gone up. 
Yeah. Like, since all the stuff that's happening with Pocahontas, you know, mm-hmm. is so fast paced, she never like encounters Jack. No. No. Uh, all right. I'm, I'm looking through my notes. I'm seeing, "Hey, a party am I invited?" I don't know what that means. Uh, we open with a classic. Right. Yeah, I did think that was weird. The opening sequence of this run. We got John Smith fighting with swords on the roof. Yeah, and then he dies. Yeah, what is that? That's not true Pocahontas fashion, is it? Is there usually, like, a fight scene in Pocahontas? There was, uh, Cocoam dies. He gets shot. Yeah. There's there's a little bit of action in the first movie. Mm -hmm. But, like... The first movie isn't like an action movie. It's like a drama. It's like a drama with a couple actiony parts. Yeah, because things have escalated. Yeah, this is like full blown sword fighting adventure stuff. Mm-hmm. Like John Smith is jumping from roof to roof, fighting <laughs> half a dozen men. Yeah, uh, Radcliffe steps on his fingers and he plummets <laughs> to his doom. No, it's again, like Indiana Jones falling from a high spot, Ren. Classic Disney tunes. Mm-hmm. It's their thing. What else? No uh, waterfalls this time, though. No water. I was looking for that. I was looking for the waterfall. We got a little uh, Mrs. Potts sighting. Yeah, there was that. Yeah, a little cameo for her. I think Disney tries to do that whenever they can, because that's like an easy, you know, we got to draw a teapot. How should we make it? Let's just make it look like Miss Potts. Just throw Mrs. Potts in there. Yeah. Yep. Um, Angela Lansbury gets paid every time that they have a teapot in any Disney movie. Well, they drew Mrs. Uh, Potts, you know, based on her likeness. Yes. That so it was sense. a really bad call on Disney's part. Because now mm. they just have to keep paying her. Yeah, because she, she physically looks like a teapot. <laughs> mm-hmm. She's got a teapot face. Uh, Ren, what's up here? John Rolfe. Okay, you want to talk about John Rolfe? I mean, it's, it's my notes... Right after the opening stuff says, John Rolfe, you say? Yeah. So then yeah. he must be now, right? Yeah, I mean, he he comes up, like, they, uh, she, uh, what is it? Uh, there's, like, a mean guy that's there, and he, like, almost gets hit by a log or something, because the oh, animals... Oh, yeah, Pocahontas saves his life, and he's like, you stinking savages, get yeah. off me, I'm racist. Yeah. Yep, and then John is like, you don't say that to her. Yep. And then she's like, you didn't need to do that. And he's like, yeah, I did. And she's like, I had it under control. You mm-hmm. have to let my people fight our battles. That's never addressed again. No. It's like, they like, it's like whoever wrote the first, like, five pages of this movie mm-hmm. had an idea, and then they, like, probably died or something, and then someone else came on and wrapped yeah. it up. Yeah. Well, so... Um, we also, I'm a little shocked, like, I, I don't remember the first Pocahontas super well, but the, the bad guy, what's his name, Ramsey? Radcliffe. Okay, sure. Ramsey uh, Bolton. Yeah, so Radcliffe, uh, does he not die in the first one? What do they do with them? They just send him back? Yeah, I think they just send him back. Yeah. Go home. Okay. He's like a prisoner. Yeah. Okay, so that's what, he, like, shows up a prisoner, and, uh, yeah. I was like, oh, they turned on me. I don't. How does he still have the king's ear? If I were the king, you know, I don't think I would trust him. The king likes all the stuff he did. Yeah, yeah, he appreciates it. Yeah, the king is a character. He like plays uh, giant chess. 
This, this it's like I'm not even watching a sequel to Pocahontas sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why was Giant Chess also not on your Pocahontas sequel bingo card? Giant Chess, the uh, Radcliffe's clown henchman, like King, and we get no explanation for who, who they are or why. They come in, then they what? What's their song like? Uh, They're the Armada. They. <laughs> I mean, if I were Pocahontas, I'd be like, "Don't send them my way. Don't send that crew my way. They're gonna come, come to you know, come to my land and poke and prod some bears." You so, know what I thought was interesting? Yeah. How Pocahontas has the power to control leaves, even though it's winter. Oh. Like, they're, they're like autumn leaves. You, you know. Feel like, yeah. Well, like, you feel like yeah. You feel like summoning them. It should be seasonal. I'm. Just, there wouldn't be any leaves around to summon with those yeah. magic powers. Yeah, does she have magic? She doesn't, but like leaves keep showing up around her. Yeah, I think it's like uh, Disney's way of being like, "Oh, Mother Tree is with you." No, Grandmother Willow disappeared. Remember when? She... In this? <laughs> yeah, and early on in the movie, she pretends like she doesn't see Pocahontas anymore, and then we never see her again. Are you sure that happened in this movie? Yeah, yeah, that happens at the. At the start of this movie, Pocahontas goes to see Grandmother Willow. Yep. She has no face. Her yep. face comes up. Uh-huh. Uh, while Pocahontas is, like, meditating. And so I thought her... Also, going back to this real quick. Yeah. Her, like, little meditation thing. I thought this was going to be her arc where she can't, like, focus or whatever. And needs mm-hmm. to find inner peace. But this is never revisited. No. But, like, while doing this, Mother Willow, like, turns off the force from Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. So now she can't access her anymore. But then she looks at her briefly and then disappears again. Yeah. And then we Some, never see her again. Sometimes tree grandmas just die. She didn't die, though. She's hiding. Where is she? What do you mean she hid? She did not die. She showed her face. Okay. And then she unshowed her face? And Pocahontas She's was like, come back? Pocahontas. And she didn't? She's not dead. She's why is hiding. She, why is she hiding? I don't know. <laughs> like, a surprise? She's just she's just hiding from Pocahontas now. Did she change trees or is she stuck to that one tree? I think she's stuck to that one tree. That's a bummer. It's a real bummer. Uh, so Rainforest Cafe, you ever been? Yeah, I love the Rainforest Cafe. Let's yeah. go. Yeah, they well, not I mean, we don't really have one near us. We'll uh we'll road trip. Road no. So there is a so the reason I'm I it's on top of my head is because someone did just road trip. They went to every uh, rainforest cafe in the U.S. And there was a big YouTube video this week. But so in their welcome area, they have a tree that talks. And I'm pretty sure Mother Willow is the same. The same species. You think you think she's a rainforest cafe tree? I think she's a leftover animatronic from one of the closed rainforest cafes. So Pocahontas is like an Aladdin situation where it takes place in the future. Yeah. yeah All right, I, I believe future. that. Yeah. Um, okay, so P- Pocahontas ends up, uh, they need a representative to go to London. She goes. Right? Yeah, she goes. <laughs> uh, she shows up. Um, the the king. do some shit. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I took no notes on them. I wrote a uh, animal shit each time it happened. Yeah, they just nonstop were at each other. Uh, at one point, I know one gets queasy on the boat. Yeah, the raccoon throws up. 
Yeah, his face turns green. I had my computer paused because uh, that was one of the times that I stopped. So, um, yeah, so they make it to London. We get the whole London song that we've talked about. And then the king is at first impressed by Pocahontas. Right? Do they meet? They don't meet yet. I do honestly don't remember. They meet at one point. He's impressed. I think he's like... No, do you know what? It's when she first shows up to the ball that he's impressed. The hunt um, ball. Yeah, yeah. They're having the big hunt ball, which she is labeled as the guest of honor at, which is confusing to me. But, you know, because they were going to have that ball with or without her presence, right? Yeah. So did she bump someone who was going to be the guest of honor? She knocked someone off. One yeah. of, like, the Joker guys. Yeah. I think, what if, like birthday parties ren growing up what if like we had guests of honors i want to come like, as the guest of honor to your next birthday party yeah like there's the guest like like yeah these are all my guests but this year ren you're gonna be my guest of honor <laughs> and it like it means that like you know you sit at my right at all times like if i'm opening up presents maybe i have you give the commentary <laughs> right like i open it up and it's like a tractor and instead yeah. of me being like, wow, I love this, I look to you to be like, is this cool or not? And I can be like, yeah, it's good, or no, this is a bad gift. Yeah, you can, exactly. You can be or like, I like this, I like being gift judge. Yeah, uh, what, like, guest of, and probably you get, like, I think you get to eat the cake first. Yeah, I agree. Like, like, even the birthday, the, I think the birthday kid doesn't, and then the guest of honor gets, like, first go at the cake, and they can have as much of it as they want. And oh, then the birthday kid, and then the guests, right? I would I would cut off a corner and then take the whole cake. <laughs> <laughs> what I I mean, what I would do is I would uh, cut out the center, <laughs> like I I would leave edges, and take the center of a cake. I'm I'm gonna carve a star into the cake <laughs> that like touches the edges, mm -hmm. and then I'll take that center out. Yeah. Yeah, any other any other guest of honor um like duties or responsibilities? You don't have to use a blindfold while hitting the piñata. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Or maybe <laughs> maybe right for Oh, maybe you can hit you're allowed to hit one person in <laughs> a game. Yeah. Yeah, the guest of honor gets to choose one of the regular <laughs> guests to smack with a baseball bat. And then I was going to say also I think the guest of honor should be the person responsible for spinning. Um, when they put on the blindfold before hitting the pinata. So, like, if the guest of honor likes you, if you're on the guest of honor's good side, it might just be, like, you know, they're not going to spin you. Instead, they're just going to line you up in front of the pinata. If they don't like you, though, they might spin you, like, 20 times. Yeah, and then send you out to the front sick. yard. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, I think the guest of honor could be really revolutionary for children's birthday parties. Me too. Yeah. Um, Okay. Uh, what else here, Ren? Any, uh, like, what do you got? She runs around her frocks. Yeah. John Rolfe is embarrassed. Yeah. Pocahontas, please. You're in your underwear. Yeah. Pretty, uh, um... Jenkins sings for us. Yeah, what was that? It's, uh, wait till he sees you, Bryce. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was awful. It was a terrible song. 
these songs, these Disney Tune songs are so bad. Yeah, it's like we don't need songs. So like, and that's the thing though is in the ads, all the ads, Ren, are like, meet Pocahontas as she goes somewhere she's never been before, featuring six new songs, and the characters you know and love, plus a brand new character, John What's His Face, like. These aren't things that, like, just because things are new doesn't mean that we like them, right? Six new songs. You remember Pocahontas. You'll love these ones. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, there's a disconnect between, like, you know, it's it's like, oh, we got ten, ten minutes, by the way. Oh, Do you God. get the little post as well? The what? The little, like, pop-up that tells you uh, you got ten minutes left? Or is that just Oh, yeah, me? I see it. Yeah. Um. No, so it's, but there's, like, a disconnect between, like, oh, you, like, like, remember when you liked the Lion King? Try Burger King's new chicken fingers. Like, it's, it's like, it's, they're just unrelated. Like, it's, like, here's this thing that you liked, and then here's something else. Brand. This is yeah. Disney's whole game. Mm-hmm. Like, this is why there are, like, Yoda grapes whenever there's a Star Wars movie in theaters. <laughs> Yoda grapes. Like, you don't need a bag of grapes with Yoda on it. If you're gonna buy grapes, you're gonna buy grapes. <laughs> the little Star Wars gremlin isn't gonna change your mind on which fruit you're gonna eat. Yeah. But, like, it's the power of the brand. Mm, it is. Yep. Need the... This, uh... <laughs> little gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> the Yoda grapes. Okay. Uh, yeah, and so... I'm looking around. What else? They go to the ball. She impresses. And then that's when things go poorly because uh, Hannigan pays off um, the little the, the uh, mimes. Yeah. <laughs> you watch Curb, Ren? I've seen some episodes. No. No. This is a brilliant episode. Um, I mean, there's so many brilliant episodes. There's one where Larry gets a birthday gift for one of his friends. Uh, and he thinks that his friend is going to love it for some reason. And it's just called the freak book. And it's just <laughs> a book of like pictures of, I don't know, like we never see the book, but we assume that, it, you know, like, Oh man, like, look at that. Like that person. Whoa, what a freak. Like that's all it is. It just pictures it, of the like, Pocahontas two gestures. Yeah. I probably, so they're probably in there. They probably made it. So, um, yeah. Uh, she doesn't like that they poke and prod the bear. She gets thrown in a dungeon. She's broken out of the dungeon. That's another Disney Tune staple, right? Yeah, the dungeon. Uh, there's nothing worse in Disney Tune's eyes than either falling down a waterfall or being imprisoned in a dungeon. In the dungeon, yeah. Those are like the two bad things that can happen <laughs> to you in life. Yeah, do you think Max, uh, should Goofy have thrown Max in the dungeon? Well, they went down a waterfall, so they got one of the two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so long as they do one of the two, they're hitting the Disney Tuna criteria. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Um, I guess I'm going to stop this recording. What? Before we get to the very end of the movie? <laughs> yeah, so I didn't realize. It does say we have seven minutes, so I won't stop it yet. Uh, that's we can get through the end of the movie in seven minutes, dude. We've got like five minutes worth of substance to discuss left. Yeah, 
So um, this is bear baiting the Johns break Pocahontas out. Yep, they work yeah, together. Yeah, John Smith is alive. He didn't die. No, what a shocker. I know. We saw him uh, drown to death at the start of the movie. Yeah. Uh, maybe he can just hold his breath for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so the Johns break her out. We and... somehow get to a ship. I don't remember how, but we got there. Yes, I don't remember either. Uh, but <laughs> it doesn't have to do with my memory, though. Uh, it's because after they broke her out, I skipped ahead. You and skipped so ahead? We are on the boat. <laughs> I can't believe you fucking skipped. I, it was like three minutes that I skipped. Why, though? Why? Ren, I had places to be. <laughs> uh, she sings a reprise of a song. That's what it is. That's why yeah. I skipped. Like, yes. I didn't even write down my only note was a fucking song for this one. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, so I skipped the song. I assumed it was her choosing between the men. Man, I don't even remember. Yeah. The, I, the, I... the last song is called Between Two Worlds. You know, John Smith and John Rolfe, they're two worlds. Yeah. Whose uh, world Smith, would you choose? John Smith wants to travel the world. John Rolfe, I guess, wanted to just go home with Pocahontas. I don't know. With John Rolfe, does, I have to live with him. I don't really does, want to live with him. Yeah, does he go with her? Yeah, he leaves with her. John Rolfe does? John Rolfe. They're together now. So they go. They lay, They leave together. John Smith is going to travel the world. Yes. Where is John Smith going? Is he like uh, like an Arya Stark situation? Yeah, he's gonna finish uh, discovering the rest of uh, Westeros. Yeah, he's got some other ocean to to explore, to track. He has oh more smallpox blankets to give out. Yeah, should she have been the king? Pocahontas? No. Uh, well, maybe. You know, she does. Does she have a better story than um? Brand than, the Broken. Than Brand the Broken. Who has a better story than John the Rolf? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. John the is John the Ralph gonna be he'll be the uh the next king after this king is, is gone, the Jim Come Jim Cummings king. Pocahontas three would have been would have been about John Rolfe and Pocahontas raising an army mm. to uh, take down Jim Cummings King. Yeah. Do you an army or an armada? Armada, sorry. Mm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Pocahontas comes back. Everyone's like, how was London? Well, let me tell you, they talked a lot about something called an armada. <laughs> it means a lot of clowns on a boat. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then it uh, it ends. Yeah, it stops. This... <laughs> I assumed that there was going to be, to your point, a Pocahontas 3, right? Because it kind of just ends. Um, they set off to see a new world together. Mm -hmm. uh, where's the case of the 40 Thieves? Where, where's her trilogy? Yeah. I want to meet Pocahontas' mom, who's actually like a thief. <laughs> <laughs> and we want to bring back Robin Williams. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I did a little bit of... So, like, I was shocked that this didn't get the Disney Plus. Like, it was bad then, it's bad now. Like, message at the front. I think it's because they address the racists in, like, whatever lightest way possible way they choose. Got you. Because, like, John Rolfe and uh, the mean whites, they're mean, but Pocahontas is like, hey, don't. Don't be that way. Yeah. And it's so, you know, 
lazy and there's no substance behind it. Yeah, I feel so, like it's enough of a shield for Disney to be like, yeah, we did our we did our due diligence. Yeah, so like the I think it was in like 2020, 2021 when the execs were going around putting that thing, that label onto certain movies. I think they rewatched this one and then they gave themselves a high five. Like, yeah, wow, they, we were we were really well done. Yeah, like we this, we this nailed one that aged well. Yeah. <laughs> wow, why couldn't all of our films be more progressive, like Pocahontas two, Journey to a New World? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Pocahontas right. didn't. She never infamously like traveled to London, right? That never happened. No, that did. She did, and she uh died. Right. She got sick and she died. Right. Right. She didn't. She didn't. You know, fall in love and get to see the world after. No, she she did. She fell in love with John Rolfe, yeah. the cartoon character. Mm-hmm. You ready for some reviews? Ren, let's uh let's hear some reviews. <clears throat> All right, this one is by Zakima Two. 10 out of 10. Uh, great film, if given a chance. First off, this film is not bad when given the fact it had less than 30 days to have a script written and storyboards done. So for the Wait, hard work... Wait, pause. Stop, 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 stop. This is a freaking NaNoWriMo project? <laughs> 30 days. Are you kidding me? It took... This, this feels like it was written in one month. Okay. Sorry, keep going. So for the hardworking artist, I give this a 10 for that aspect. A little about the film. The film starts off in England where John Smith, all one word, is charting his next adventure where his house is bombarded with soldier. John fights them off and jumps from roof to roof where he loses balance and is hanging on for his life. Ratcliffe helps Smith fall by stepping on his fingers and we see John fall and die. Ratcliffe is next seen talking to the king, telling him John Smith died, and that his word was true, that it was best to go to Virginia and destroy the Indians. The king tells Ratcliffe that he will hold off on sending his armada until John Rolfe arrives with Chief Powhatan. Back in Virginia, Pocahontas tries to keep her spirits up by being around her friends Nakuma, Miko, Flit, and now Percy. Pocahontas hears a ship arrive with the blast of its cannon and rushes off to the settlement to see if John Smith is there. During her visit to the settlement, a horse breaks free and almost tramples the man who Pocahontas saves and he mistakes it as her attacking him. He tries to hit her when the Indians watching over her pull back their arrows and ready for war. Pocahontas demands the halt of her people from doing harm and John Rolfe does the same for the English. Pocahontas is not happy with him, and for the first time we see a change in her behavior slash attitude. Later in the evening, John Rolfe makes his way to the Powhatan village and offers a horse to the great, parentheses, Pocahontas, as a gift of people between the people. Little does he know Pocahontas is not chief, but soon finds out, he explains, that the king wants to meet with the chief to build on the bond of peace and trust. Powhatan refuses, and Pocahontas goes in his place. The trip across the sea has funny moments with Miko, Flit, and Percy. Upon arriving in London, it seems everyone breaks out into song for What a Day in London, which is a beautiful song. The movie is done as well as possible given its time limit. The songs are nice. The most memorable for most is Where Do I Go From Here? Ratcliffe returns and has some harsh and bitter interaction with Pocahontas. The term savages is not used as much in this film. Now we have moved on to filthy barbarians. The film holds many cute, memorable scenes. Oh my god. And the songs are done just fine. The animation is very flawed, as it was one of the first animated sequels made and produced in three different countries and put together. 
there is a good bit of action for the boys and a nice love story for the girls. Disney brings back a touch of truth and a touch nonetheless. The film should be looked at as not an insult to the original, but an extension that gives us more songs and more depth to the characters we love. However, I am warning all who watch that there is a song that the house keep, Mrs. Jenkins sings, called Wait Till He Sees You. It is without a doubt the worst song in the film. The voice made me want to fast forward through it. I think this is a film that should be recognized and given a chance. I give it 10 stars just because I know the painstaking process that these artists and animators and writers have gone through in the short time they had to make this. Also, if you're worried about historical accuracy, go watch Fox's Anastasia. I am sure you will love how true of fact that is. Demonic priest in the garden and all with a talking bat. Remember, you can bash Disney for sequels, but they are not the only ones who made them or are still making them. DreamWorks, Pixar just to name two companies. Okay. <laughs> Did you like Zakima 2's review? So Okay, but Shrek 2 is a movie. Yeah, that's that's a film, correct. Pocahontas 2 is you know, 90 minutes. <laughs> you get you get what well, I mean? What's the, what's, between, what's the difference between 90 minutes and a movie? I mean, you and I get back to that again, Ren. <laughs> I don't like it's it's a fine line, but that line has been drawn for sure. Um, I don't I feel love the, uh, philosophical questions that Disney tune rises. Yeah, I don't feel that this is a movie. Um, I don't. It's more like, um, like a chain reaction. A series of colors and noise <laughs> hacking me. All right, what's our? Do you got a neutral? Yeah, I got a neutral. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to do something a little unusual here, and I'm going to read you the bio for the this guy's profile. Great. So, you wouldn't do it if it wasn't great, so good. So this this review, it's a 5 out of 10 review, by Dr. Coulardo. Dr. Coulardo is a specialist of all esoteric and mystical culture, particularly Rom- Roman- Romanesque architecture, art and literature in the Middle Ages, and for some years now, biblical studies in Buddhism, most of the time in their operatic, fictional, or film dimensions. Alright. Okay. So, Pocahontas 2. This is a review for Pocahontas 2. Wait, so is his PhD in whatever that is? It must be. Okay. He's a doctor. <laughs> okay. But it's very important to understand that he is a doctor when I read this. Yes. So, the title of this review is Such a Shame It Is Fictional. This film was apparently done for television, and the format is definitely that of a television in the late 1990s. This implies the picture cannot be as rich as on a silver screen, and special effects have to be more modest. It also implies a lot of close-up images and slower movement. The film through is interesting in all the twists it introduces in the story. The meeting with John Rolfe in America is purely formal, and it is the fact that Powhatan, her father, decides to send her on a diplomatic mission in England that she is going to travel with John Rolfe and actually have a rather close and yet distant connection. In fact, John Rolfe is going to fall in love with her little by little, and then she will fall in love with him at the same pace. The adventures in London have nothing to do with reality. She is at first a success at the Hunt Ball, but she is frightened and horrified by the treatment of a bear in some magic show presented to the king by Ratcliffe, who is waiting for Pocahontas' mission to fu- fail in order to take the lead of an armada that is already ready to sail to Virginia in order to exterminate the savages. Ratcliffe wants his vengeance. She is then sent to the Tower to be executed on the following day. 
but then John Smith gets John Rolfe on a salvaging miss mission to the power. Pocahontas discovers John Smith and her old friendship is reactivated, but for no avail, because what John Smith proposes is not stability, but adventure, and Pocahontas wants some kind of stability. They escape from the Tower of London and rush to the admirable ship of the Armada to jump off Radcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> Ren, again? Uh, Say that one more time. Admirable ship. <laughs> the battle is funny, but without any suspense at all. It is then that she discovers she loves John Rolfe, and that her love is answered positively. So they sail to America to live their love story in Virginia. Nothing to do with real story with her marrying John Rolfe in Jamestown and having a son, Thomas, there. Nothing to do with her dying in Gravesend and being buried there. This is pure fiction, and as such does not help reevaluing the character. It is pure commercial exploitation of a fertile field and nothing else. Dr. Jacques Coulardeau. Love that he signs it. Ren. Me too. Should all animated movies, um, you know, conclude with the character's death? Yes. Like, even want, if it's, like, if... not, even if it's not, like, part of the plot necessarily... But it's like the last five minutes is consistently like this is how the character dies. I think mm -hmm. that the hunchback of Notre Dame yeah. should have flashed forward to Quasimodo yeah. on his deathbed. Yeah. It would have really made the film even better. Like, I want to um, see his whole life. Yeah. Cars, I would love to see, you know, jump to the end, Lightning McQueen strip for parts. <laughs> right? Uh, oh, you went you went straight to strip for parts. I was gonna go with uh, engine sputters out. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's his friend. That's freaking Larry the Cable Guy, whatever his Mater. name is, Mater. Yeah, yeah, Mater. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that would, like uh, Little Mermaid. You get the whole movie fades to black, fades back into color. Ariel is now elderly, gray hair. Uh, mermaid. Uh, she has one of those the plastic rings. Uh, like on soda cans, one of those <laughs> around her neck. I was thinking, uh, you know, she can't. She's actually can't speak anymore because she smoked so much. She has emphysema. Wait, what? So, you, so you're going with like she's she's she goes back to being a mermaid. I'm thinking like mm -hmm. you know she stays a regular person. She can still talk. Yeah, but you know she starts smoking mm -hmm. now that she's on land. Yeah, what uh, is, is doesn't she go mermaid in the end though? Does she? I thought she's still a person. Is she both? She can walk on land, right? She can do both. That's she upsetting. Has to give birth somehow. She um well yeah, but they all quote unquote had to give birth somehow. But like, her daughter's like a half normal. So I she's don't not like egg. Like her a fish her, egg. her daughter's a, the opposite. Her daughter's the kid that wants to be a merm. Look, Bryce, I haven't seen Little Mermaid too. Okay. Yeah. Well, well I know we'll that get daughter there. has legs. We'll get point. there. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> you ready for this one out of ten? Yeah. This is by uh, Prezangi. This movie should have been foreboded. Wait, sorry. Is that Dr. Prezangi? No, just Prezangi. Got you. Thank Mr. you. Mr. Prezangi. Uh, this movie should have been foreboded. Spoilers. 
I selected one because it's the lowest in the scale, but believe me, this type of movie make me wish there existed negative numbers in the scale. It is horrible beyond comprehension. It just destroys the magic the first movie had. So if you loved the first one, I beg you, do not watch this. You will have the impulse to burn it. The theme in the movie was very weak. The voice is horrible, and the animation, well, it was a sequel. So what can you expect from it? And the heck with John Rolfe. Whatever, he was so annoying. Disnet didn't got the dissidency to make him a likable character. Why did Pocahontas feel in love with him? If we had wanted historical precision, we would have watched a documentary, not a Disney movie. What happened to John Smith and Pocahontas' love? In the end, they were like, whatever, I used to love you so much in the first movie, but now let's go separate ways. Ta-ta, so horrible. <laughs> Man, the sign-offs. <laughs> yeah. You ready for this Entertainment Weekly review? I am. This is a short one, then we can talk Love Island in the rehearsal. Love it. <clears throat> By Michael Sauter, August 21st, 1998. Pocahontas 2, Journey to a New World. Once again, Disney has packed a fast food sequel to a sumptuous animated feature straight off to video. In these adventures, Pocahontas meets her future husband, John Rolfe, sails to England as an emissary, prevents an English-Indian war, reunites with the newly swashbuckling John Smith, and gets to dress up like Cinderella, or is it Barbie, for a royal ball. Plenty of cute critter comic relief makes this standard yet pleasing fare for the preschool set, but parents be warned, there's no Colors of the Wind among the new songs by Marty Panzer and Larry Grossman, and compared with the first film's lush verdancy, this sequel's palette seems dull. Pocahontas' new world may be a livelier place, but it's a lot less lovely. C+. I think that feels high. That does feel high? Yeah, I'd say C-. Anywhere in that range feels fair. D plus. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Ren, should we rate it now, or do we talk Love Island and rehearsal, and then we go back and rate Pocahontas? I don't know. Let's let's. I think we talk the other things, and because that way it gives Pocahontas some time to digest. Yeah, good point. Let's let it sit. <laughs> yeah, you know, put that on the back burner, uh, and let's you know break out some chazzle dazzle. <laughs> uh. So much. There's so much to discuss. So much has happened this past yeah, week. Week two of Love Island. We US. met and lost Tyler. <laughs> yeah, we did. Tyler, God, the face he made when he was uh, up there was hysterical. He's so bitter. So upset. Why the heck? Was he with Serenity at all? When I, he clearly, clearly wanted to be with her. Wanted nothing to do with her. You know, Serenity, uh, the early in the week was saying, you know, her uh what is her titties were tittying and Tyler <laughs> didn't care. So, you know, she was no doing what she Tyler's needed out. to do. Yeah, he was gone. In and out. He was also so the editing of the show is also really interesting. Like, I feel like I don't know when we aren't seeing people why we're not seeing them. So, like, mean? is it because they don't want us to become too attached because this person is, like, not someone who's going to be sticking around? Or do they just, like, go to where the drama is and sometimes the drama's at the same couple and then three other couples are just, like, there? 
like we we you know Sydney and Isaiah had a lot of stuff early in the like early in the week and then it was nothing well there there's some tension building in the Isaiah zone specifically mm -hmm. yeah yeah uh, would you break bro code <laughs> how sacred is bro code to you um it's pretty sacred yeah um mind you like i don't think i would find myself in a situation in which someone uh you know if so if someone does something to upset me that much i'm not jumping to bro code <laughs> that's not that's not what i'm pointing to and saying you didn't hurt my feelings you hurt bro code i'd be like no you hurt my feelings Isaiah's like, uh, you know how like in Game of Thrones, in their yeah. culture, you know, they're mm -hmm. really, they love honor, and honor's a big deal. Yeah. Isaiah's like that for bro code. Yes. Like in his family, mm -hmm. like uh, in House Campbell, mm -hmm. their words are bro code above all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that adds up. Um, yeah, so like Isaiah... So the Isaiah, Maddie, Andy, Sydney situation is, is that, it's still not sorted out, right? It'll probably be sorted out on Monday, right? Well, we're in, a, we're in a Sunday. Sunday. Tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow, right? Uh, yeah, tomorrow is when we get it. Yeah, Saturdays, we get the weird recap. Yeah. And then I think we don't, we get it Sunday. I think Monday's the day we don't. Yeah, Monday's off. Mind. Yeah, you're right. Okay. <clears throat> Yeah. Tuesday to Sunday, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're in the middle of a couple of uh, complex love situations right now. Because yes. there's also uh, Bria, Zeta, and Timmy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So here's... Red, I... Hold on, I gotta get some of these quotes out there. Uh, Timmy Swerve, uh, according to Bria, having a... Uh, Timmy has a really high emotional intelligence. Have you, have you seen that on display yet? No. <laughs> no, but that's something that she she believes as being a a quality aspect. And well, I love I feel like emotionally intelligent men brag to his friends on Love Island that he's <laughs> two-timing to women yeah. actively. And Zeta Zeta freaking being like I love that Zeta keeps saying, you know, like he has someone who's like 100% his type. So, like, what am I to do? It's like, what does that mean? She keeps <laughs> saying that. She said that over and over these past two episodes. Like, someone's here and she's 100% his type. So I'm kind of just, like, screwed. Um, I think I think Zeta and Bria are going to fight. Yeah. I think yeah, it's building. I, oh, I think they're going to settle sure. it in the ring. Yeah. And the, with uh, what's-his-face? With uh, Durf, or whatever his name is? Durf? What was his name? Who's Durf? Might as well have been Durf. Hold on. Let me pull up our, our Love Island thread. Andy? No. Chaz? No. Felipe? No. Uh, Bryson Dolph. Jeff? Dolph Ziggler. The wrestler? Yes! Oh! In the ring! Dolph Durf. Ziggler. <laughs> okay, you act like Durf is a weird name, but Dolph? Come on. Dolph is at least a name. There's there's at least one man named Dolph. I don't know anyone named Durf. I think Durf and Dolph are equal. No, they're not. There's they no name that makes an Earth sound. 
Murph? Nerf. Murph? Are you thinking of Nerf guns? From Impractical Jokers? You're thinking of Murr. Oh, yeah. His name's not even Murph, is it? No, it's not Murph. Um, yeah, okay. Well, so Dolph Ziggler could be, he could mediate the match between uh, Zeta and, uh, and Brea. Could be good. Right? I'd watch it. I think I, my money's on Bria. I think I like Bria a little bit better. Really? Are you on Team Z? That, that backstage snog. Oh my goodness. You know when? Uh, clearly, we weren't meant to see that, Ren. <laughs> right? They're just in between. You know, something, crossing paths. So something I find really interesting about mm-hmm. this season, yeah, is the fact that Bria and Chaz are siblings. Because this, because Nicole actually brought this up to me while we were watching. Yeah. This means they have, like, someone they can go to, like, unequivocally who they can trust. Yes. Where there's no, like, manipulation at play. Yes. And that kind of gives them a unique advantage. Yes. I would say it also like, gives uh, them a sorry. disadvantage, though. You think it gives them a disadvantage? Yes. I, th- I think it I, it I think it both gives them an advantage and just a disadvantage. But say what you were going to say first. Well, what, what I'm, what, the instance I'm thinking of is when Bria goes to talk to Chaz, and he, like, successfully calms her down mm-hmm. and de-escalates her. Yeah. And, like, if he wasn't there, then that likely would have been played out like a typical, you know, meltdown, I feel. Mm-hmm. But, like, I- I'm curious to hear why you think it could be a disadvantage. Yeah, I think it's a disadvantage to have them both there. Um, because I-, I think that they're seen as, like, I think that that unbreakable trust is viewed and seen by everyone else. And there's a little bit of that, like, I don't know, like, that sense of, like, they also have Chaz and what's her, uh, and Brea have no reason to have to form strong bonds with anyone else that's because a, that's they a- have each other. Um, so it's, it's helpful, but also then if they're not forming those strong bonds outside with the people who have already have established bonds without them. Like, it's tough. That's and that's always tough with like the the BBC style game shows where they're constantly introducing new people. Yeah, is it's a it is a tough thing to go up against. Um, established relationships. So. I'm I'm wondering how many contestants will end up having this season. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the the regular is. So um, it, it's but... increased every season so far. Yeah. So for season one, it was 25. For season two, it was 31. And last season, it was 34. 34 I, people? It was 34 people by, like... Holy crap. 34 Islanders were filtered through across 40 days. Holy crap. And That's I'm a lot of sure, people. I'm pretty sure this season is also 40 days. Yeah. Because it ends in early September. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's 42. Yeah. So this season, we're getting 42 days. So yeah, we'll probably get around, like, th- probably more than 34 Islanders. Mm-hmm. I, I love when they introduce the bombshells and they do the recoupling. Yeah, it like because when mm-hmm. it's Casa Casa Amor Amor is when it like really changes and the status quo like fundamentally shakes up. Mm-hmm. Like I really like these like early recouplings. They're a fun way of like spicing things up, and it's I love seeing people get attached. Um, yeah, such as how Deb still chose Jesse, even though Jesse out of nowhere chooses to make out with Serenity on the motorbike. Yeah. That was absurd. Like, what a betrayal. And she's like, her reasoning was so bad, too. It was like, we have stuff to talk about. 
Yeah. Like, you have so, stuff to talk about because he cheated on you, so you're rewarding him? Yeah. Mm -hmm. With, when like, he, his safety? When literally, like, a week ago, he was a disaster. Yeah. Like, he he hasn't had enough time to clean up his act. He, at this point, this is a pattern. You know? Um, this is gonna be his gameplay for the whole season, for as long as he's in. Yeah. He's gonna keep trying to see how much he can get away with, especially now that he's, like, proven he can get away with it. Mm-hmm. Like, that, this was a prime opportunity to leave him uncoupled. Yeah. And, you know, he's safe again, even though he's really not giving anyone the right time or respect in the game. Yeah, he... You know. Jesse, you know, Jesse just takes it moment to moment. You know? He's so grateful to share this island with them. Yeah. I loved uh, when Deb called him out for his... Uh, he has his answer voice. His answer voice? voice? <laughs> I was just about to bring that up. <laughs> yeah well uh yeah you know i uh i'm just happy to share a bed with you <laughs> no you know <laughs> evil laughter man yeah we got that what do you uh are andy and maddie are they actually getting back on, do you think? Or do you think that it's more out of necessity? I think it's out of necessity. Yeah. I think she's going to drop Andy the first chance she gets. I Well, that's the thing, though, is she is, like, we've had multiple guys come in and maybe look at her, but she has such an empty personality that, like, she's got nothing going on. That's true. Uh, mind you, like, I don't know if these people are really your your best base for looking for substance in a human being um but like i worry about well i worry about both of them andy same thing like we've had girls enter and none of them have you know really considered andy either well i mean um yeah no no one really has right i could see andy going out soon yeah. andy's andy's a buffoon yeah he absolutely is. Um, All his conversations with Isaiah are hilarious. <laughs> like, how is he going to make an, make an ass of himself now? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and so, and that's the, the goofy part is so, like, he did this move where now Sydney and Isaiah are broken up. Like, the next day, Sydney and Isaiah were like, okay, we're just not going to be into this and we're just going to continue to be into each other. Like, essentially screwing himself and Maddie. Uh, at the same time, like if, if I were Maddie, I'd be livid as well. So, yeah, I think he's gonna end up with Maddie. Um, what's the like? Who's going home here? It's not gonna be Swerve, right? Timmy. Yeah. Well, depends on if Zeta and Bria turn on him, but I don't think they will. Oh yeah. Okay. okay. I, they're already so, against each other. Yeah. So I, I think Bria will choose uh choose Swerve, and then. Zeta will choose... I think Zeta's gonna go with the new guy. Well, it depends on which one of them gets to pick first. What's his name? Jeff? Jeff. It's Bryson Jeff. Well, it's Zeta. Zeta's choosing first. Oh, is she choosing first? Yeah, between the two oh. of them. Okay. So, I think she'll choose Jeff, and that's supposed to be a shocker. I don't know. Um, I could see her choosing Timmy. Yeah. She's head over heels over Timmy. Yeah, she is. She is. Um... Yeah, I don't know. But I also feel like she's a little bit pissed at him because of how he's been acting. She so. is. She's pissed, but she keeps, like, falling back on yeah. 
still being into him, I feel like she would keep giving him chances. So, because if that's the case, then what, uh, Jeff would end up with who? Brea, maybe? Maybe Brea would pick him? I guess, I guess, they really throw in a wild card here. Yeah. And then, Courtney... (laughs) Freaking Courtney. Uh, is Courtney gonna find any red flags in Bryce? Why would she? Yeah. Yeah, why would she? She definitely doesn't find red flags in other people. So... (laughs) Why would she find one in Bryce? But like hysterical that his name is Bryce. Bryce I love watching, yeah. love watching them talk about me <laughs> so much. When she Do you think would, you'll last long. Um, no, no, Bryce. He's like so. Him and Maddie would be a good pair. They would sit yeah. there and talk about nothing. Absolutely nothing. He, because notice we saw so little of him. We, we haven't and, seen much of the new guys in general, I feel. No, I felt like we got a ton of Jeff. Our our energy with Jeff is like... Because, first of all, he's central we got more to, of Jeff. to that big drama. But also, it, like we get his energy. Bryce, his a little conversation that he had with Courtney was started with, I work in finance, you're a stylist, so it's a cool balance. What is that? <laughs> what? Uh, I work in journalism. You, uh, you work in a school, so it's a cool balance. Yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> it was baffling like a cool balance for what just life like we have a lot of things in common no yeah life's really different for us there's yeah. a lot of variety in this mm-hmm. moment right now so weird um so i don't know what's going on there um i love that courtney is so upfront about like i don't really need a personality i just need like she's someone who she just wants to be with someone who she can have like a physical relationship with all the time um and i think that's hilarious um but it, when we checked in with felipe though ren felipe had this to say and if I, if you can help me decipher i'd appreciate it sure um he says i feel we're doing really good with courtney of course you are we are already you know like if they come to courtney or not i know she's going to know the guys this is how he said it, Ren. This yeah. isn't, like... So what What Felipe means here is that <laughs> things are going well with Courtney right now, but he understands that, due to the nature of the game, she has to interact with the men. Yes. Thank you. This, this is actually something I love about this season of Love Island. Everyone talks like this. Like, they ramble in an incoherent way, <laughs> but it, like there's just enough context where you can understand what they're saying. Mm-hmm. It was really, <laughs> really weird series of uh, of words. Oh my gosh! Um, all right. We have ten minutes. We do have ten minutes. Should we talk rehearsal? Well, Red, can I run through some of these quotes here? I didn't. I didn't write down these quotes for no reason, Ren. We got blueberries. <laughs> the giant ball sacks. Yeah, I heard blueberries. You know, make your balls bigger. Um. Going back to our man Tyler, Tyler, uh, he was. I think this was with Serenity, uh, said that in his relationships, he likes to do new things no one else has ever done. Like, go to a 70s bar in his town. Would you um, go to a 70s bar in his town? Maybe, but like, if it's a bar and it's still open, there's a good chance that other people do that. When he says new things like no one else has ever done, I kind of held my breath. I was like, what's he going to say? 
like go to a 70s bar in town okay um i like i think it was who was it deb and zita maybe song the you're going on a date and you're gonna make out song yeah i liked that um you joker <laughs> you joker across the the villa uh that's a good little that's good uh city asked isaiah if she could touch his hair is that okay um, i mean i think he let her he was like yeah you can do that um brea told uh timmy swerve uh, i like someone with big dick energy to which swerve responds i appreciate that thank you thank you does Timmy have big dick energy to you? I mean, she went with him, so I guess so. <laughs> but um, the way, like, the way that these men receive anything—not even just compliments, but any conversational thing that's thrown at them—like they're almost robots, but like, uh, like AI simulation robots that like we taught an AI how to interact with a human being, <laughs> uh, and this is how they respond. Um, cause like, it, like, that's so weird. Swerve and Jesse, like some of their responses are bizarre. Um, what else? Um, Deb and Jesse in their conversation, uh, talking about boats. Deb says, I like yachts. And Jesse says, yeah, if that's what you got. <laughs> sure. Uh, and Jesse also, that was the same conversation that Jesse insisted on bringing his bag of nuts. Deb says, you always bring your nuts. So um anything else oh we, we had the uh you know when timmy in this last episode was telling isaiah that he him and brea were kissing the night before and isaiah says just a little peck and timmy says no and isaiah says swapping spit and timmy says a dna exchange that's right the dna exchange <laughs> so now she's gonna become a second timmy <laughs> yeah yeah they've exchanged the dna uh, and then the last quote I loved this week was the I'm bad at percentages, but I know one of them is 65-45. Good job. Yeah. It's like, like honestly, writers for The Office um, could just pull quotes directly from this if there was ever like a revival of something like The Office. <laughs> it is unreal. All right, Ren, let's talk some rehearsal. Uh, when I was growing up, I never trick-or-treated. Oh, is this an actual admission? This is an actual thing. This is real. This opening was very real for me. This you is never... real, guys. Because of, uh, why? My mother is hardcore Christian. Uh... Not as, like, extreme as Angela, but I knew Angela's growing up. Yes. And, yeah, I was not allowed to trick-or-treat or celebrate Halloween because it was a satanic holiday. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've lightly heard about stuff like this before um so wow so you really you felt that connection to this um, i lived it and oh just hearing her talk about it it, mm -hmm. it brought me back to such a bad time <laughs> yeah uh and then it was it was a really um sharp opening like it reintroduced us to okay nathan's now like integrated into this family um and we're supposed to be like trying to figure this out but it was uh it was tough it, it was a uh, overall the way like, the mood just died when she saw them in costume oh my gosh yeah 
Yeah, and he, like, and I love that the costume that they got for her was what Batman's mom or something like that. Catwoman. Oh, was it Catwoman? It was Cat. It was not actually oh, okay. Batman's mommy as Nate, the kid. Yeah, Nate. Oh, was it the kid that said Batman's kid. mom? <laughs> oh, jeez. Ever been to a Raising Canes? <laughs> I love that the show ran. It took me about twenty-five minutes for me. The episode was only 29, right? So probably really took me like 10 minutes to grasp. Oh my god, they built a Raising Cane's. <laughs> uh, it did not even <clears throat> occur to me until we got one of the shots of Nathan coming in from the warehouse into it. And I was like, oh my god. Oh my I, god. I hope the warehouse keeps expanding. Their collection of sets is... Like, everything about this show is insane i find myself so that i found this episode was just not just as but like almost as strong as the first one i agree um in that same league the second episode was definitely necessary to set all this up and i'm glad that that's what it exists to do and yep. i'm also glad i was like huge sigh of relief that because i find myself all week being like, okay, are we just gonna do a two-parter of like this bit where he's like raising this family, or, um, or is it gonna be something different? And we're gonna like check in on it later. I don't know why I didn't just understand like, oh, he's gonna do both at the same time. Yeah, that, like, that it was... makes more sense. That feels that's more what Nathan for you structure was like. It was multiple ones per episode. Yeah, and yeah. this works well. He like there's only so much stuff they can do at the house in a given day. Yeah, yeah, and it's like I can't even imagine. First of all, how many unused bits exist? I'm sure that they have so many like things that they did that just like went unaired. Yeah. Um, but then I also the level of detail of like having to figure out like okay, this is going to be interesting for a viewer, but we can't spend a whole episode with Angela as like the like carrying it because like she isn't that that fascinating that interesting so like yeah what are we gonna do to and we also have other rehearsals that we need to do so how are we gonna like really like balance this out and like bring this together like I'm so curious how he pitched this idea um and if how it came together truly came together as it was like happening or if there was like any forethought into okay, and then eventually I'll I'll step into the role. Like I don't think that was I don't know. Um, like it, it's interesting watching it all unfold, um, in the show. It is. Yeah. I uh, something I've really appreciated, especially after this episode, mm -hmm. is how good the rehearsal actors are. Oh, they're phenomenal. Patrick's yeah. interaction with his fake brother. Mm hmm. Like, by the end, when he was real crying and real breaking down. Yeah. Like, the fact that he, the actor just had to stay in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, the, uh, the grandfather, who... Oh, my God. ...was an actor, the, uh, the gold-digging grandfather. That whole sequence was outstanding. Yeah. Um, it, it was so good. And it's like, I find myself now to the point where it's like is this genius or is this insanity it's like, a little bit of both i genuinely find myself asking that because like there's so many layers and nuances to how it's being portrayed like the 
um like things happening overnight was really interesting and so like then i look at like on the surface here is there's so many layers like here's this guy who is um anti-semitic first yeah. of all uh so upfront that he is anti-semitic and then the show weaves this narrative around him all like to a point where we almost like feel for him in a way that like in 2022 feels um it feels really confusing because it's nuanced and right now so many things are like are not nuanced this is either really good or this is really bad yeah you know but it's like how how can i both be like he is obviously like that like that is bad like that is wrong that viewpoint um but then the show also was able to get me be to be like like that's like he's in a really tough spot it's you know what it's I mean? interesting like the rehearsal i mean it's clear that like nathan disapproves of him being an anti-semite yeah yeah but like what i find interesting about the rehearsal style of like filmmaking and kind of like documentation is that it just kind of shows people fully as they are yeah so it, there doesn't necessarily need to be like a comment on it. it's just exposing people as they act as they behave and mm -hmm. you're left to you know come up with the interpretation yourself it's you know it's trusting you to be intelligent enough to you know you don't need to be told how to feel here exactly yeah which is ironic considering the whole theme of the episode was uh teaching people how to feel yes um yeah and yet we had this man who ended up feeling so so deeply in a moment of vulnerability and then never got back to nathan i um, can't decide yeah if he figured it out yeah or like maybe his girlfriend tipped him off and was like you helped a literal man dig up gold in this gold digging thing or or if he like decided to ghost him because you know he opened up in such a vulnerable intense way yeah and then couldn't bear with like the shame i guess that he fe would feel with the embarrassment mm -hmm. of doing that yeah well, so, because, like, you gotta wonder as well, like, what was the long con of it where, you know, he's gonna go through with the, the rehearse, like, the actual act, you know, let's play this out. He t So he does end up going through with it, meeting with his brother, telling his brother, and then there's a moment that the show probably is responsible for telling him, like, just so you know, like, this was a, a fictionalized scenario when you went to go help this man's grandpa. Like... Because that's all, like, you know, like, that's also really weird and tough, where he is thrust back into this, like, caring role that he claims to have been so used to doing while his grandfather was alive, um, only to be, like, have so many flashbacks pushed to the brink of, like, pure feelings. Um, and then the show probably would have had a moment in there where they tell him, like, you know this wasn't real um it's uh, the whole thing is so layered it, i love it yeah i it's mm -hmm. some of the best television i've ever seen and like nathan for you never had me asking this but now I, I am asking a little bit like is what nathan's doing like is it humane like is it like is this right i don't think it's inhumane i don't, I don't, I don't think he's doing something wrong here but like, I, like i'm seeing that discussion pop up a lot like recently 
And yeah. I, I don't really ad- agree with it. I see, like, Nathan's style of filmmaking and kind of, like, mm-hmm. what he's doing here, very similar to the, you know, the Borat-esque style of filmmaking, where it's, you know, it really is just showing people as they are. And Nathan does take it a, mm-hmm. a, to another level by actively manipulating things. Yeah. And, like, there is that, like, emotional, psychological element of, like, making a man who's just lost his grandfather, like, bond with an elderly man. Mm-hmm. Like, at the same time, it's not, like, being framed as, like, psychological torture. And it's not like Patrick was ever going to, you know, confront this in a meaningful way, I'd think, outside of the rehearsal to begin with. Yeah. So this at least, like, I don't know. I don't know, because he also willingly chooses to spend his whole day digging gold with a man. Yeah. He willingly wipes his ass. He didn't have to be there. He had an out. He could have just left with uh, the actor. Yeah. Like, that's that's the other thing. And it's not, and this isn't like, this is kind of like a step removed from Borat. Because with a Borat bit, you have the man there who's like actively, like, guiding you and like feeding off you. But with this, like, Nathan's not involved. Nathan left the situation. There is an actor present. But, mm-hmm. like, he's basically sticking to, like, a very specific, you have to do this. And the focus is on how the person behaves. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't know. I'm sure this will be, like, studied in ethics courses. Like, how much how much can you get away with, like, pushing someone's behavior? Mm-hmm. How okay is it to study someone's behavior on this level? But personally, I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't really think it's inhumane. Well, yeah. And I, I think I think that's what it comes down to, is, like, he... It is. It's it's all up to there's so many situations where it's clearly like this is the person's choice. Obviously yeah. he decided he no longer wanted to participate, so he, he didn't, so he stopped. Um Like they're not depriving yeah. these people of agency. They have full agency in everything they do in this production. Like even Angela, like the whole reason Nathan got involved was because things were going too smoothly for her because yeah. of the agency she has within the rehearsal. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited to see where this goes. The, I mean, the poster tells me that Angela's not, at one point, Angela's going to be gone, right? Yeah, I, it, it looks like she's going to be replaced by, like, a mother stand-in. Yeah, I would assume he's, like, I, I think now understanding the structure a little bit more, um, I do totally foresee because I didn't foresee it last week when it was like, okay, is this just the show? Um, but I do foresee now he's gonna slowly replace everyone around his life to be these paid actors. Um in a similar uh concept in Finding Francis, right? To his yeah. Um kind of blurring with- the line between reality yep. and fiction. Yep. I uh, I wonder what'll be Angela's breaking point. I'll be surprised if she makes it to the end of this rehearsal. Mm-hmm. I think the I think Adam becoming a teenager is gonna really fundamentally change things because I can't imagine Nathan's gonna let it be easy. No, like he's no. gonna make that kid like if he doesn't believe in God, he's gonna be like a Satanist or something. Mm-hmm. He's gonna rebel against everything Angela tries to teach him. Oh my gosh! And like she's either gonna break immediately and be done with it. Or it'll take her a, a while to, like, buckle down and eventually quit. Yeah. Yeah, I totally see that. Um, I, and I hope that it does kind of get pushed pushed there, but we will see. I'm loving it. Loving the rehearsal. Fridays are great. 
Fridays are for the boys. We got Love Friday Island. We got the boys. rehearsal. Um, it's fantastic. It's just fantastic. By the way, I don't know if you're on the Succession subreddit, but stay away, dude. Like, so yeah, I saw stuff's getting I'm, spoiled and leaked, right? I am upset. Did you get spoiled? The amount of I I there was one thing, one picture I saw, and I'm it. I'm upset. I'm upset. I I also saw one picture, but it yeah. did not upset me. It's people gotta stop. People gotta like. It's I don't like that right now. The subreddit is just look who's filming down the block. Yeah, they're filming at this spot. They're filming at this spot. When this like, is, well, here's the thing. This is history repeating itself. This is exactly what happened in the last three seasons of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Like people would like figure out where they would filming. They would scope them out and like take pictures. Yeah. Like I, I remember finding out that they had cast an actor for young Ned like months before uh, season six actually came out. Yeah. And like this, what this means is unfortunately is th- we're probably going to get like full script leaks. Yeah. Cause that's what happened for game of Thrones season six, seven and eight. Yeah. And in the case of game of Thrones, the last two seasons, part of the reason the reception was so bad was because like people read the leaks in advance and like mm-hmm. decided already the episodes were bad. So they really went bad. in like looking for reasons to dislike it. Yeah. So like, it'd be a shame to see something similar happen to succession and the seasons not get like a fair shake because of it. Well, yeah. Well, it's, like I, I also just feel like such an exciting element of succession is not knowing where it's going to take you the next week, like literally location wise, where it's going to take you. But also, like, storyline-wise, um, what storylines are all of a sudden going to be relevant again? What characters are going to be in the forefront? So, um, yeah, I'm, I I don't think that it should be... I'm not the moderator for Succession subreddit, but I feel like there should be, at this point, a separate subreddit. Cause it's, yeah, there probably should be. I don't know why discussion about like speculation about the future season should be okay but i don't love here's posts and pictures of so and so with so and so at so and so i i'd even go so far to avoid speculation topics once things are leaked yeah like people mm-hmm. speculate yeah you know there are always those people who guess the exact right thing and like oh they didn't look at any spoilers they didn't look at any leaks but they read them yeah in yeah. general i think spoiler culture has gotten much worse like people don't care to tag spoilers. People, there's no etiquette about not spoiling something. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the day or night an episode comes out or a movie comes out. Yeah, leaks are getting harder to avoid. I feel like every single Marvel movie since Infinity War has had a full plot leak leading up to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I don't love. Um... I also, as a consumer, I don't love that I have to watch something the day it comes out. Otherwise, I might as well have not, you know, experienced it fresh. Yeah. Because there'll be an article from AV Club or whoever. IGN usually is the one that does it the next day. That um, completely... They, like, they'll put something in there that's like, more info about the shocking twist in the final scene of blah blah blah. And it's like, okay, that tells me that there's, you know, a twist, or it tells me that yeah. there's something to be looking at. So, yeah. All right, Ren. Well, I give Pocahontas a 3 out of 10. You're giving it a 3 out of 10, Bryce? Yeah. 
I'm going to give Pocahontas a... What am I going to give this? I'll give it a 3.5. It was better than Return of Jafar. Yeah. Uh, and there you have it. Next week, we're to the Lion King. Wow, maybe this will be a good one. Simba's Pride. Oh, yeah. It's a true sequel, right? It is a true sequel. It takes place a few years after the events of the first movie. We have a new main character, but Simba's still important. We got new villains. Yeah. New songs. I... New characters. Yep. Yeah. I actually like the songs in this one. Okay. I'm I'm very unfamiliar with it, so. Yeah. Good. I feel like, uh, I remember this one being the strongest of the Disney sequels. Yeah. Like, we'll see. I say that now, it'll probably be, like, at best, like, a six or something. Mm-hmm. But, like, I remember this This one has, like, compelling themes. Uh, it, it, it follows The Lion King in that it's an adaptation of a play. So it lifts mm-hmm. off Romeo and Juliet, which I think really helps. So yep. it has, like, a clear structure. Unlike the other direct-to-video Disney sequels, <laughs> which are just like, how can we make three pilots for an animated show we want to sell? Yeah. And then the show won't sell, so we'll just release it <laughs> as a 90-minute thing. We'll call it a movie in parentheses. Yes. Yeah. In quotes. <laughs> All right. Well, Ren, peace out, Cub Scout. Thank you all so much for listening, and I hope you all enjoy uh, the rest of your day. Take care, everyone. I'll see you at Hate Mountain. Bye. Bye, everybody.